Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Okay. I don't know if we can sing the hook on the show, though. I'll let you do it. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to. We can say, it's dope, man, dope, man. Like I show, it's dope, man, dope, man. Yeah. Okay. I'm, you I'm see how you, I did that? I, I did. I heard how you did that. I'm going to continue to let you do it so <laughs> I don't mess around and have to get dumped again because I don't know if Shrabby's going to be as quick as Fitty was that one time. <laughs> All right. You, we are back. The Weston Walker Show from the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow Golf Course. You can hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Hit those socials, WFNZ on Instagram and Twitter. Just threw up a nice little behind-the-scenes testing Walker's color identification skills. I, w- I want to let everyone know, this yeah. is not a bit. I, I really did think that this shirt yeah, was Yeah, we don't want uh, plan stuff around so, here. So now my question is, are the Panthers' colors really just black and black? Is everything, is Charlotte FC just different shades of black? And I just thought it was blue this whole time. I really have a lot of questions that I don't know the answer to, and everything is flipped upside down. Yeah, man. So, Walker, what we got going on the text line right now, though, because I know the people <laughs> were lit. <laughs> you just completely skipped over that. 704-570-9610. The question I had for people, what is the spectator strategy here at Quill Hollow? We got some good strategies. 704 said, sit on the 17th green and bet with your friends on closest to the pin as every group rolls through. Mm. And that kind of lines up with Durs from Huntersville who wrote in, best thing to do is either follow your favorite player or find the best par three and go watch the PGA players control a ball like no other. It's incredible. I think that's the winner because if I want to see impressive shots all day long and I have a little shot, probably not on this course because the par threes are really hard, but a shot at seeing a hole-in-one or the closest to the pin, I think that is the strategy that might win. Jamie wrote in, guys, I walked the course backwards so I can watch every hole and see every player. That's a good strategy, too. And last one we'll go with Granny Pat wrote in, last time I went, I followed that crazy John Daly. Okay. Granny Pat has some see John Daly story. So, Walker, when you look at the greens out here, is it green or do you look at it like the Boise State turf? Is it blue or what? I, look, the, the only reason, I actually have a confession. The only reason I called it the color green this whole time is because people call it the green but what i see is i see a black field with a whole bunch of white balls on it when we're looking at the putting greens that's all i see (laughs) i don't know what's going on all right man so listen as of july 1st 2023 athletes at nc high school athletic association member schools will be allowed to begin profiting off of their name image and likeness that's right folks aka nil and i'll jack that up going into the break but listen the high school guys are going to start getting money out here. And I teased before the break, the high school recruiting wars, you guys may think, I know you're supposed to live in a certain district and you're supposed to live in a certain place to be able to go to school. But high school football recruiting, middle school football recruiting is a real thing. And now with NIL, it's about to turn into and mimic the college game on a much smaller scale. But now you're going to have kids. I was joking with my mom uh, this morning. I told her, I said, man, 
If I was in high school, I'm sure that uh, some of the coaches and, and some of the people uh, around the area would have been trying to offer me a, a few things here and there to be able <laughs> to come to their school because that's what's going to happen now. You're going to have that talented kid coming out of middle school. That's a big deal. He's already looked at as a college recruit, and you're going to get these high schools coming over, and they're going to say, hey, why don't you come over here on this side of town? We'll move your family here. We'll get you a deal with this, and you can come to our school. That's about to be a real thing, man. So what what do you think about that passing well, and these high school athletes starting to be able to get money off NIL? Well, I, I mean, to be in the high school landscape with this a thing now, and if yes. you're actually someone, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how different it would be, right? Because it's not like before NIL, the famous basketball player was still getting treated like a celebrity around town. Sure. Like, you do have the popularities. You do have the clicks that are going on anyway. And so if you are a great basketball player, you're a great football player, you're the star QB, now you got money to your name, but how much does that change your actual status? And so I wonder if people think, okay, now everything's going to be crazy. Does the social status within high schools really change all that much? Because you already know it exists before the money comes. Yeah. But that's going to be interesting to see just how that rolls. And just for reference, North Carolina now becomes the 28th state to adopt an NIL policy for high school athletes. That according to the Business of College Sports, which tracks NIL nationally. And students obviously allowed to use their name, their image, their likeness to profit from things like appearances, autographs, camps, and clinics. And so when I was playing for the basketball team in high school, clearly wasn't good enough to get NIL deals. But when I would go and then I would run camps, you have to wonder if you are even some kind of small-town celebrity, Wes. Like, think when you're talking – I joke about Catawba County a lot, but we had our own stars, you know? Like, people – People care about high school baseball a lot in Catawba County. So one of my friends, drafted by the Chicago Cubs, he's got his name out there in the outfield at good old Bunker Hill High School at M.M. Uh, Curtis Field. Oh, I imagine he would actually get a little bit of money based off of his popularity sure. just within sure. counties. And so that's what I think is interesting. It's not necessarily the number one player ranked in 24-7 sports or whatever publication. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much this actually helps the small-town athletes that also reach a high level of popularity. That's a great point you bring up. And another thing I think about, too, is at games now, are there going to be vendors? Are they going to be allowed to sell merch? Uh, that's going to be another interesting part. Are we going to be going and walking around when you go to get your popcorn and your hot cocoa? Are you going to see a stand full of t-shirts of your favorite high school player? Man, I think it's really cool. I think it's uh, really interesting. If you were able to have NIL deals or pursue them, uh, what would be the top three categories right. you would want to endorse? Well, look, fashion, Nike, apparel. Okay, so you want like a sneaker that. deal. Yes, I, okay. want so I want something like that 100%. And then some food deal. Bojangles is yeah. the classic. I don't know if I have... Look, I'm sorry I'm being real boring. I'm going to give you the normal answer which here. food place do you but want now, pick one i'll tell you well i don't know what it would be Ooh, bojangles be, yeah bojangles is the one right like anything like you get an unlimited card at said place <laughs> and a, and a little check and you, a check you guys can probably guess where i would be going for going fast food I'm going to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I am loading up on tacos. I'm loading up on the on the quesadillas, on the Crunchwrap Supremes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes. Well, all that'd be national. You you'd have me. to get. You'd be big time then. You'd be number one playing the country getting Taco now, Bell. Hey, now, Lo locally. Now, if we want to continue to shed light on the crib that is Catawba County, shout out to Claremont Cafe. Okay. They would not enter the NIL yeah. deal. Yeah. That is not something they'd be about, but I would want to promote them as much as possible. 
people, so maybe we could have some kind of partnership. Locally, I would probably do something like uh, the open kitchen right up the street. A little Italian food. Give me a little bit of an endorsement there. I'm going to request so I could get the uh, sneaker deal locked down as well. I'm going to get that taken care of. And then I need to get a local car dealership, some type of Rick Hendrick car Good dealership uh, to get that done so I can get a whip, so I can get a car. I really do wonder, like, I know we could joke around. I really wonder what you would have gotten. Like being a guy that went to Florida. Yeah. Uh, how much do you think about that? Like, yeah, I do. I saw him on this one. I said, damn, I was born at the wrong time. I <laughs> well, said, man. Hey, your son is born, I think, at the I told exact him. right time. I told him. I told him that this morning. I said, if you want it and you work hard enough, man, I said, you could be making money for yourself in high school. And he loves exotic cars. He's a car savant. I tell you guys about it all the time. I told him uh, all the time. I said, man, you could legit have one of the exotic cars that you love in college if you work hard enough. I saw B. John Robinson had the Lamborghini endorsement, and so... Uh, yeah, I mean, look, for me, it's there. I think the reason your kid is born at the exact right time is because now you get an IL early before he's really about to enter it. You work out all the kinks. Yep. You figure out the right way to go about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's being recruited by Florida and Wake Forest and <laughs> basketball, and maybe he grows into a 300-pound frame of pure athleticism yeah. to be on the left oh, he's side. He's pretty tall. He might be a 6'8", uh, 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, six, if he's going to, yeah. Yeah, he could be one of those. Just look. You know, bring him over to Uncle Walk. We'll have him <laughs> on the low post block. I'll teach him the post moves. Okay. We'll make sure that he's working all right, and we'll get right. him in an ILD. So who would be some North Carolina high school legends, though, that you would have liked to see in a local commercial that you thought would have been pretty cool? <sighs> okay, so I'll take us I'll take us to some of the players when I was in high school. A real Reggie Bullock was was fantastic okay. when I was coming up through the ranks. Okay. Okay. So Reggie Bullock was one. Um, you know, even a John Wall would be oh. fantastic. John Wall was was very much so. Possibly. Best high school mixtape in my opinion. What, number one, right? Yeah. Wasn't he the, well, he was the number one recruit coming out of yeah. North Carolina yeah. and then in all yeah. of college basketball. Just some of the local legends. John Wall is the one that comes to mind and, and certainly when I was playing ball and wanting to be at their level for sure. I mean, Queen City, man, we had so many people uh, around here that we could have had. Chris Leak, of course, would be first to come to mind. He would have been dope to see him endorsing something. Uh, the football side, like I said, we had so many. Your boy, Quavarius Couch, I'm shocked. I thought he would be the first name to come out of your mouth uh, for an endorsement deal. <laughs> uh, then Couch, I'd have to man. say, my man, uh, the best offensive lineman to ever play in the city besides myself, uh, DJ Humphreys at Mallet Creek. Oh, I yeah. mean, you talk about some savagery on tape at the offensive tackle position. That's why he's been holding it down for the last six or seven years with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think that would have been cool. And on the same team that he was on, I think that's one of the best teams that never win a state championship. That Mallet Creek team that had Marquise Williams at quarterback. So I think Marquise Williams would have been pretty cool too. But all in all, this is just an awesome opportunity to see where this is going to take high school sports. I know things are going to get nastier than they already already because kids were already getting uh, money and, and, and things to come to high schools and middle schools. That's the thing that blows your mind is that middle school athletes has, uh, athletics has recruiting aspects to it as well. But now, as I said, with NIL 
NIL a part of the factor. And you got to think, too, some of these private schools that have uh, donors and people that go there and their parents that love high school sports that are going to spend Skrilla as well. You have to think that they're going to benefit from this as well because their parents, their alumni bases are going to be able to say, hey, we've got five, ten thousand, which for a high school kid can mean all the world to be able to bring talent their way, too. So so some of the other names that we're getting in, 704-570-9610, we have a lot of Chris Leak mentions, Brandon Spikes, that was oh, yeah. Twitter, Chris. Chris High School. Going back closer to my neck of the woods, Terry Wisnett, Cherryville Basketball, don't know if y'all remember that name. Also, Madison Baumgartner. That was a huge one, especially okay. in Caldwell County. Sure. That was in the, the conference in which I played. And so Madison Baumgartner was a huge name that also would have been very much so benefiting from the NIL deals. Looking at just a few other names that people are writing in. Tony Baker from the triad early 2000s. Oh, yeah. I remember him. I played against him in college. Oh, did you? Julius yeah. Peppers, James Worthy, too. So, oh, yeah, those are a couple yeah. of the other ones yeah. that are legends around day, here in high James school. James Worthy. Yeah, yeah, man. So uh, it's going to be interesting. High school football, listen, it's, it's right around the corner. As the weather heats up, we're going to get our first taste of it, I feel like. Uh, so it's going to be really, really cool to see. So, man, uh, but when we come back on the Wes and Walker Show, we're going to talk about the Panthers post-NFL draft power rankings. Dan Hanses of the Around the NFL podcast, he actually dropped the Panthers in his rankings after the draft where they picked up their quarterback of the future. So we're going to be talking about that uh, and a lot more. And we're going to check on Walker to see uh, if he actually can see colors good enough to drive home and see the uh, the stoplight. The, so you're going to get all that. The, the B in Roy G. Biv for the rainbow stands for black, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> Just trying to learn all of these new things anymore. So, yeah, you're going to get all that and more. <laughs> this is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WF. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are live from Quail Hollow for the 2023 Wells Fargo Championship Pro-Am happening today, and I believe we have an update on a shot made from Roy Williams. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he just hit it in from the bunker. I don't know what hole they're on right now, but I know, Fitty, you got excited to hear about Roy Williams being successful on this course. I think that's right. Didn't Jeff tell us that update about Roy? He said something about he chipped in out of the bunker, I think, on 18. So oh, he oh, should. Oh, one? No way. <laughs> you know, he, he should be done. We saw uh, Dave Tepper had a nice shot. I think it was on 15. Nick, uh, Nick Carboni tweeted that out. That's so, right. uh, you know. So they're playing well. 
the goat doing what he does on on the court, on the golf course, just being being legendary. No, of course, that's exactly what Roy Williams doing. He's played. He, apparently, he's pretty good. I know he's talked about how he plays all the time. I've heard some good things about his golf game. Oh yeah, and that's just some more evidence there on 18. Trying to keep the wind out of the way for you. It's kind of hard. A little windy out here, which makes it all the more impressive that Roy was able to knock it in from the bunker. We were talking about North Carolina high school legends, really just within the area. Cam and Wilmington said, all we have is Michael Jordan and Connor Barth. <laughs> How about that combo from Wilmington? Right. One, it's not true, to be honest, but I still like the text message. Was it, wasn't Stillman White from Wilmington? I played against him. That's correct. Yes, I don't know if you could, do you put him up in the. He's in the Storm and Mormon. Yes, you, you he him, started in the Elite Eight game. All right, yes, let's put it on a poll. Do you hold Stillman White in the same regard as Connor Barth? Seven oh four five seven oh ninety six ten seven oh four coming in with some legends. The Surratt brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. They were they were huge legends growing up. I mean, I don't know how old you have to be to be a legend, but <laughs> no, no, no. They were that. with the numbers that they put up. I remember uh, riding through Lincolnton and seeing them. Uh, they had a dentist. Uh, they wanted billboard for a dentist so oh, i think okay. that was maybe their first taste of nil <laughs> back there uh, maybe yeah hopefully we're not getting the dentist in trouble or them in trouble for some improper benefits you know, just it's it's all a mirage this is not happening what do you have fitting uh, logo 704 how did how did you not come up with this right off the bat of, uh, bat of your head ish smith a liver mush bro he is would be he a liver mush bro i didn't know that that's what yes, he was calling him right yeah, yeah. Oh, okay wow awesome do you listen at all <laughs> He stayed out of Concord. Fitty, I've never heard you talk about Ish or Livermush ever, ever before, ever. Eric Collins, act- every time he would do something good, would reference him as a Livermush, bro. Like, every time. 704 <laughs> going back to the Garage Door Guru text line. Number one troll wrote in Tyler Wright from Forest City. Tyler White, excuse me, he's a MLB player, went to Western Carolina. And then the one we'll end on, Vladdy Daddy. Yeah, Wendell Moore, too, out of Concord. Yeah, Rashawn. All Black. the May brothers. Uh, T.A. Yes. McClendon. T.A. McClendon is a good one. Oh, yeah. Alex Highsmith, still in the NFL out of your alma mater. Yeah, those are a couple of good ones there. Keep them in. We love, we'll get to the Legends talk around here. We do that pretty frequently on Weston Walker. <laughs> Sports Radio 97 WFN and I always appreciate Wes gassing up, uh, uh, casting us up as well. Let's get some more Panthers conversation in here. It's been a little bit talking about not only Derek Brown, but just some of the other guys that could have that kind of improvement after the Panthers decided to pick up the fifth-year option on Derek Brown. Let's look at the post-NFL draft power rankings because we all celebrate the offseason that the Panthers had. Not only did they do a great job of hiring everybody on the coaching staff, having Frank Reich be the head coach, Thomas Brown, Jim Caldwell, Ajero Averro, I think two would have become underrated moves, but retaining Chris Taper and the offensive line coach and James Campen, retaining those guys – which, I mean, everybody celebrated that, too, on top of hiring everyone else. It goes to show you, hey, they did not want to have any weak spot. I mean, everybody is going to be doing their job well, so, I mean, at least based off of their reputation. And then when you get to the personnel additions, we talked about the wide receivers quite a bit. Von Bell is someone that probably gets overlooked because we all look at the offense. That's clearly the focus, trying to help out their number one overall pick. But we like Von Bell a lot allows you to use Jeremy Chin as one of the chess pieces, the queen on the chess board. So I think all of those moves would have to have you thinking Carolina would improve, right? 
But that's not the case with this latest power ranking article that you pulled up. Like. Yeah, Dan Hans is of the Around the NFL podcast. He dropped the Panthers from 18 to 25 post-draft. But when you look at it, so if you fancy the Panthers a playoff team, they would at least have to be top 20, right? Because seven teams make the playoffs on each side. So I think that's your starter kit. And if you even want to go top 15 to 16, you can go there. So when I look at this list and I see the team sitting there, who do I think the Panthers are better than? And part of this is because of my uh, belief in Bryce Young and how good he can be. But I think that the Panthers, and I know this is going to wake up a lot of fan bases right now, but wake up, okay? I think the Panthers are better than the Steelers. Uh, we'll start there. Minnesota, I'm not quite sure, but I like the Panthers better than the Patriots. Uh, I like them better than the Packers. I like them better than the, uh, as you go down the list, well, let's the, the Rams, the Browns, the Raiders. Uh, and Atlanta, so I think that, and the Titans, so I think that the Panthers should be at least in the 16-17 range, I would say, at a minimum. Well, and I heard Kyle talking about this, too, the power rankings, just the playoff chances that Carolina has, and whether you think they could actually get in. If you look at the NFC and the standings from this past season, you still feel very good about Philadelphia and, of course, your San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Minnesota was 13-4. and four. It always felt like a fake 13-4 and four because they kept winning in the fourth quarter. They kept coming back, and then they got exposed in the playoffs immediately. And so Minnesota, you probably still have to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. off of a 13-4 and four season. Yeah. But it's not like I feel great about it. Mm -hmm. So Minnesota is still put up there. Now you get to Tampa Bay, who finished 8-9. and nine. And they won the NFC South. As we all know, Carolina was in it the second to the last week of the season. You could put Carolina above Tampa Bay right now. New Orleans did not make the postseason. But New Orleans is going to be a team that Carolina is competing with. Green Bay... I don't know about Green Bay with Jordan Love at quarterback right. anymore. And with Aaron Rodgers, they went 8-9. So this is, the, this is the bottom line. Carolina is absolutely going to be competing for a postseason spot this year. I don't know if you saw some of the prop bets. I think Daily Wager came out with this where they have – the over-under on the total amount of passing yards for Bryce Young this year being at about, I think I saw a line change a little bit once they added the 17th game off of an error. error. I think it's like 3750 I think it's 3800 It's set around that mark. And then you look at the passing touchdowns, it's set around 2400 I'll say this, Wes. If Bryce Young throws for 3800 yards and he throws for 24 touchdown passes, that's good enough for me to get you in a playoff spot. And remember, this is not because this does not necessarily mean that you are a top seven team in the NFC. It just means that you are the best team in a division that is weak, right? And so if you are better than Tampa, I think that's true, especially with Tom Brady gone. If you are better than New Orleans, that one is going to be the closest match. I do think Atlanta probably is a little underrated, but I do think Atlanta is a team that Carolina is probably better than as well because I trust Bryce Young more than Desmond Ritter. Carolina's got a shot to make the playoffs pretty easily so based off of what we've seen this offseason. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know that I would say easily because you just never know which teams are going to you know, improve. There's always about half the field that's full of new teams, so there's going to be some surprise programs because if I look at the NFC and I go through the divisions and teams that I think that are locks or close to it, I mean, Philadelphia, of course. I think Dallas is right up there as a contender as well. I think the Giants didn't 
didn't do anything to make themselves worse this offseason. I mean, the commanders are pesky. They could make a run. Uh, I like Minnesota. I like Detroit. Then you talk about in the NFC South, you get down there, that's going to be the battle. Now, I've said I like New Orleans the best out of all those teams right now. And then you go to the West, my 49ers, but then Seattle, with what they did last year and with what they did in the draft, if some of those picks pan out, this is a program on the upswing as well. Well, really the discussion should be, can Carolina make the postseason if they don't win the division? And if you don't think that, then that means you don't think they're a what? A top eight team outright, right? Like then then you pretty easily have them out because there's going to be, even with the NFC being not as good as the AFC, in my opinion, I, I still think the path to get there is winning the division. It's going to be really tough with all of these other teams that we're talking about, even with Carolina getting a lot better. Now, the coaching staff is the wild card. Because it's so hard to quantify, and even with just players coming aboard, but it's so hard to quantify, okay, Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, Ajero Averro, that leads to this many wins. It's a lot easier for us to do that based off of what kind of players teams will improve with, what kind of personnel additions teams will make, and that's how a lot of people will try to judge that sort of jump. For me, it's a lot harder because, honestly, Wes, I think even nationally, I have not seen a coaching staff celebrated as much as what Carolina has. I mean, we're talking to ESPN, whatever analysts you want to discuss, everybody looks to that on top of the other personnel additions they made, but the coaching staff is just as praised as anything. So does that allow you to choose Carolina over New Orleans, who has Dennis Allen? Sure. And Dennis Allen, goodness gracious, might be one of the worst head coaches in the NFL and uh, uh, might be. Uh, sure. Maybe, maybe but I'm they did have the same record as the Panthers. Last year with an awful quarterback and a completely new chain, and nobody's going to sit here and defend Matt Rule. Sure. Right? Like, if you had Matt Rule again, then maybe that comparison would make more sense. But with Frank Reich and Dennis Allen, Frank Reich has an above 500 record in the NFL. Dennis Allen ain't close. Yeah. And he's the guy that's going to come back and coach the Saints team. So that's why I think Carolina neck and neck with New Orleans. The only reason that you believe in them, you have defense. I like Chris Olave. But it's it's the Derek Carr gap, whatever you believe that is, with Bryce Young. That's the reason, first and foremost, that I think you would project the Saints above Carolina. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a huge gap between Derek Carr and Bryce Young, but I still think New Orleans with the weapons, I think they have a little bit better offensive personnel when you talk about them picking up Jamal Williams and then having Alvin Kamara there. You talk about Chris Olave on the outside, uh, and then so and the Saints have a pretty decent offensive line, but we know defensively what they stand for with the Mario Davis uh, and those boys, but I think Derek Carr is worth there's no other position in football that's worth wins as much as the quarterback obviously, so I think when you talk about a 7-10 and 10 New Orleans team, I don't think they got any worse this offseason with the moves that they made. I think that adding Derek Carr makes them better, so I think that takes them 2-3 to three wins over and I could see them as a 10-win team this season and so that's the to me the benchmark to win this division is going to be 10-11 games because I think that's what type of team the Saints are going to be and so for the Panthers is can you come in and get that done in the division now the Falcons I think they'll be a pesky competitive team because you like what they've got going on as far as some of their offensive personnel and then adding a back like B. John Robinson who I think is going to be a stud it's all going to come down to Desmond Renner can they actually generate some pass rush and 
and then Tampa Bay, we know they've got a lot of names. We know they've got Super Bowl experience. Baker Mayfield, after what we saw in Carolina, you can't possibly believe in him, even though this is going to be some of the best offensive personnel that he's had at his disposal. They could be a candidate for a surprise team. Not saying they will, but they could be. I'm interested in what people think about Tampa Bay and Atlanta because we've talked a lot about New Orleans with that kind of being the favorite for Carolina to compete with in an NFC South bout. But with Tampa Bay, you lose Tom Brady. You have Baker Mayfield. We all know the Baker experience very well based off of what happened at the beginning of this past season. But you still have talented pieces defensively. You still have good weapons to work with when talking about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be in the running to win this thing. I just wonder if I'm misevaluating Tampa. And Atlanta is a really hard team for me to judge, too, because Kyle Pitts is amazing, but I feel like Arthur Smith misused him. But I also don't think Arthur Smith is a bad play caller, caller, if all that makes sense. Like, it's very conflicting to me how we should think with Atlanta. They also had a good offseason. Their offensive line is good. They made sure they they signed somebody like Caleb McGarry, Chris Lindstrom, a couple of early picks for them a couple of years ago. So I do think Atlanta is someone that absolutely is sneaky just based off what you were talking about as well. I think Carolina is a better football team, and I think QB is what you could look to first and foremost there. But Atlanta is not one where I just kind of brush them off my shoulders and don't give them one ounce of thought. It's it's really all about Ritter, right? Yes. And, and, and Desmond Ritter, I don't have a lot of confidence in him. But can they manufacture enough? That That's the thing. That I wonder just how much of a tough out they're going to be. See, I think Ritter, I'm 50-50 on him. I think he does have a chance. I did like a lot of what I saw from him at Cincinnati. I think he had his learning year last year. Didn't show a ton when he came in there. But I do think that he could be a guy that could level up this season. But when you talk about the Kyle Pitts situation, that's a little bit perplexing to me because I wouldn't think an NFL coach would be, frankly, for lack of a better term, dumb enough not to use a guy that is that good. Good. I'm wondering if there's some work ethic issues. Oh, I'm don't do that. No, not because it could be. Who would have a guy like that and not use him? Like, you have to ask yourself that. Like, him not being a part of the game plan on a weekly basis, I think it's a little bit more to it than Arthur Smith just doesn't know what he's doing. But this is but this is also something where you can look at oh, people I feel watch- it coming. What? Me and you. Here it comes. <laughs> By <laughs> Kyle Pitts. I mean, well, look. There's plenty of tape that looks out there and one, Desmond Ritter and whatever quarterback, whether it be him or Marcus Mariota, missing Kyle Pitts. Also, he is getting separation. And if you look at every route that he runs, it's not necessarily that Kyle Pitts is struggling getting separation or anything like that. It's just the coach not putting him in open spots and also the quarterback was missing him. Plus, you're talking about somebody that did have a very good rookie year. Maybe that would make sense if he... Tight ends take a while to develop, except Kyle Pitts hit the ground running as soon as he stepped onto the football field. He had 1,000 yards receiving for a tight end in your rookie season. That's absolutely remarkable. And then you went away from him. And I wonder just how much B. John Robinson is going to take away. Because we know how much Arthur Smith likes the running game. I just am very interested to see if Kyle Pitts can have some kind of resurgence based off of the talent that he showcased in his rookie season with Atlanta. Yeah, I want to see it too. I mean, I think that he is one of those guys that came out that could be a a generational type prospect. And so uh, that's the thing, though, that's perplexing to me. Why you would have a player like that and not use him uh, to his full capabilities. And so that's just the only thing. You know, 
to to speculate, make us think a little bit here, push ourselves. I like to speculate. To think about uh, what could be going on there when you talk about his snap. Uh, 704 number wrote in, Panthers are better, but not yet better than the Saints. Their record with the schedule is probably not going to be over 500 this year. Kyle from Maine wrote in, the Vikings scored three less points than their opponents in 2022, despite uh, being 13 of four house of cards yes what a, it was a crazy crazy season for minnesota no doubt about that 704 number also wrote in i just looked at the schedule carolina will beat green bay and houston that's it oh only two wins on Whoa. the season <laughs> that's that's a pessimistic a pessimistic uh <laughs> on the carolina panthers as well here's a question i had for you is there a team that you look back at this offseason in the nfl that improved as much as Carolina did. Because I, I can't look at any of these teams and think, okay, yeah, well, what a big jump they made. Chicago might be one. That was one of the teams I thought about. If if you believe in Justin Fields, I do. I, I think Justin Fields showed a lot of athleticism that allowed him to throw the football as the year went on. And now you give him DJ Moore. You're talking about a bunch of picks that you were trying to improve with the roster. They signed some veterans that filled some holes as well. So maybe Chicago is that team. But other than that, I don't know if I look at one individual team and say they improved as much as Carolina did. I, I like what, C the, what Seattle yeah, did. Yeah, I was about to say, I think Seattle is a team that you look at as well. Big jump for Carolina, though. I don't know if there's a team that made that big of a jump. Um, yeah, I mean, because some of the teams that we're talking about are playoff teams, so they didn't have to make coaching decisions. And so I think that's the big factor uh, when you talk about these types of scenarios. I mean, obviously, you also look at the New York Jets bringing in Aaron Rodgers, and then they bring Josh Fitty yeah. Marlowe uh, over as well. To, to their, <laughs> they, they bring him over there. A super there. fan? Yeah, but I have to think you look at the Jets. They made a lot of other signings as well on top top of that they had a pretty decent draft so you can look at them uh you know the Steelers I thought had a really good draft as well but as far as the totality of an offseason I don't think anybody's going to be able to match the Panthers because the Panthers pretty much did it all I mean they were basically like a video game and you get on there from scratch and you just get rid of everything and you start <laughs> from scratch because they had to bring in a whole new coaching staff they went and got the number one pick uh they also had to go and sign skilled players at key positions so the Panthers had they kind of do it all off season in which to this point it looks like they've done a good job of doing so yeah carolina a lot of people like where they're headed maybe they're not there 100 percent of the way right now but certainly a lot of people like where they're headed 704-570-9610 feel free to share your thoughts and comments on the garage door guru text line we'll take a quick break it's weston walker out here at quail hollow the 2023 wells fargo championship pro-am going on today we'll be out here tomorrow and friday for the first and second round of the tournament coming up next we'll talk nba playoffs joel Embiid won the mvp do we think he should have won the most valuable player of the year award and fitty will go on a playoff rant he's been dying to go on the last couple of days that's coming up next wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz mcdonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Having a good time at Quail Hollow for the 2023 Wells Fargo Championship. You're listening to Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Continue to text us, Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. We'll finish up a little bit of the convo here with some of the text rolling in in the last segment about where the Panthers rank in the NFL. Some power ranking talk already after the draft. Uh, Dave and Indian Trail wrote in that the Panthers have a rookie QB, no number one wide receiver, pretty much a one-man pass rush, only one good CB, an average defensive line, a new offensive and defensive scheme to learn, and a tough schedule. Eight wins at most. Now, when I was saying all of that, I thought that he was going to give the Carolina Panthers like four wins, and then he said eight wins at most. Like, that turned into probably a little bit more optimistic at the very end than I thought leading into it. 704, they said the Eagles got a couple Philly mentions as far as who improved, which is, I don't know if that's true. They just had a really good draft, right? Because they did lose a Javon Hargrave. They did lose TJ Edwards, a linebacker that racked up a lot of tackles. But they got Jalen Carter. They got Nolan Smith. So even if they just remain status quo, though, Wes, that's still impressive because this is what happens when you win the Super Bowl. Everybody, you know, you got good players, so everybody else in the NFL wants to pick off some of those players, give them big contracts, sure. and so that's why it's hard to maintain uh, maintain status quo. But I think Philly was able to do that more so than maybe just outright improve. Uh, I'm not necessarily buying Philly that much, and a lot of people say, "Well, Wes, you're hating because they beat your 49ers." That's what I was going to say, but that is not true. Uh, a lot of times, traditionally, the Super Bowl losers have a letdown and normally uh, have a rough season the next year. I'm not sure picking up all these Georgia Bulldogs is going to do a lot. And you know what I said about Jalen Carter? Uh, I'm not a fan of his at all, and I. I remember when my 49ers did the same thing, letting DeForest Buckner go and drafting Javon Kinlaw. That did not work out. Philly fans think that them letting a guy like Javon Hargrave leave that was a double-digit interior defensive lineman go for a rookie that has to learn the ropes that's already got some tremendous red flags on him. I'm just not seeing it right now. And also the league is going to be, they're going to play a much tougher schedule than they played last year. Last year they were playing a schedule that was more towards last place. Now they're going to be playing a second-place schedule. And so the game plan plans, the schemes, teams are going to be catching up a little bit more towards some of the things that made Philadelphia have a tough time, like what uh, the 49ers kind of employed with that must rush and making Jalen Hurts sit in the pocket and also some of the things uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs did in the second half. So I think Philly's still going to be good, but we know in the NFL when teams go out and they make a bunch of signings and we're like, oh, they're about to be this, this, and this, and they normally end up being a dud. So, like I said, I... But they didn't make a bunch of signings, I I, I get, And I get your point with everything previously, but it's not like the Patriots doing the whole free agency thing a couple sure. of years ago. It's just a good draft more so than it is bringing up because they lost free agents, right? They, they, they lost, lost some guys they and then they, they, they had to pick up a few guys, but yeah. a lot of people think because of uh, the draft deal and things of that nature. And then it was the, the weird rumor of them getting Derrick Henry that looked like it was coming to That's fruition right. and then it didn't happen. But yeah, like I said, but I still think Philadelphia uh, is right up there in the NFC. I'm just not sure they're going to be steamrolling people like they did last year. All right, let's switch sports. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs. And we did have LeBron James against Steph Curry as the leading topic for this segment. But then Fiddy 
got into the Google Drive document and decided to bring that down to the second topic of the segment and then bring Miami Heat New York Knicks series to the top. It is tied one to one in the second round in the Eastern Conference. You have been begging to talk about the NBA playoffs the last couple of, of days. And I feel like we just didn't have it in the rundown yesterday because there was a lot to get to. Yeah, yeah. And then today, you wanted to put it first and foremost no. again, above Steph and LeBron. Don't, no, don't I you, just don't you lie about that. That's how it just formatted itself into the document. <laughs> 100%. So what are your takes about the Knicks and the Heat? New York, they tied the series one-to-one. Yeah, no, first off, you know, I texted you last night. You know, I've been a guy that's been out of the NBA, but I went into this postseason – wanting to get captured back by a league that I loved growing as a kid. These playoffs as a whole have delivered. These have been a fantastic first round. The second round has. has been really good to start off. That Nick game last night, you, you know, I, I said it in game one with Jimmy Butler on the floor. The Heat got every big call to go their way. And that was the same case last night. Sans mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, he was wearing like a brown tank top. Uh, out there while he was sitting on the bench with his so so called swollen ankle or whatever it was. I thought it was navy blue, by yeah. the way, but go ahead. Um a fantastic game. I wasn't I wasn't around for the those those bloodbaths in the nineties. When 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 the, when they met in the mid two thousand tens when LeBron was in, in Miami, the the, the, the the Carmelo Anthony led Nick teams, they had no chance. This feels like a rivalry. This series has been a lot of fun. And then the officials did what they were supposed to do. They gave the home team some calls last night because the the, the call on the Jalen Brunson three where Hartenstein got fouled that was how that, that that foul happened before the shot that should have been nullified. And then there was a three point attempt by Gabe Vincent that that clearly grazed the rim. They didn't see it that way. The Knicks got the ball. They go on to win the ball game. But it's been a lot of fun. And I feel like and I said this last night. Had the Knicks lost, I thought they were going to get swept. You I, said it was over after they lost game one because you were panicking. Yeah, no. I feel like last night they got three days off, so Butler will probably be healthy enough to play on Saturday. I think they might have seized control of this series. Wow. And, and, and I feel like, dude, if, if the Knicks make the Eastern Conference Finals, <laughs> dude, Nick Fitty's going to be a different breed. These playoffs have been a lot of fun. And while the media wants to talk about Steph and LeBron, we need to talk about the, the Knicks being on the forefront of returning how, to, to, to NBA glory. How did, you, how did you seize control of the series when you lost home court? Because last night they, they took back control of the series, and they won game <laughs> two. Um, uh-huh. you, you, know, you had so, to win that. So I, 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 I feel like – That dang media trying you know to the heat, You know the Heat are the uh, betting favorite to win the series, right? Yeah, I mean, congratulations. That's what happens when you got Pat Riley, a guy who's paid off a lot of people to win championships <laughs> and, and probably get people put behind bars. That's what happens wow. when, right. when these types of things right. happen. I, I feel like their toughness, their grit, that one out the, – the Heat have the second-best culture in the league behind Golden State. Yeah. But I thought last night the, the, the culture that Tom Thibodeau installed when he was in Chicago, in Minnesota, in Minnesota, that shined through last night, and I think we got a great series. Could well, it be a scarier-sounding coach yelling at you on the sidelines than Thibodeau? You ever no. hear when he, like, screams yeah. on guys on the sideline? It sounds like a murder. Uh, it sounds like a horror movie. It's violent. It sounds like he's yeah. gargling Clorox, and his voice has <laughs> suffered because of it. He sounds like and a him, lawnmower. He sounds like all of the loud noises that are the scary noises. It, it, it's, it's one of the coaches that I do not want mad at me as much as any coach out there in the NBA. Real quickly, Caleb Martin. 
Speaking of high school legends yeah. around here, David County. How did their dad tell them apart? K- I, I would never be able to tell them apart. <laughs> Kayla Martin scored 22 points for Miami yesterday, 8 of 15, 4 of 8 from the three-point ra- uh, three line. Uh, but Jalen Brunson, too much, 30 points, 24 for R.J. Barrett. Now we'll go to the Steph Curry-LeBron James rivalry. I wasn't done. We got to see. Yes, you are. Anybody you are go done. Down there, gonna be after that rant, <laughs> after all of that, you went on forever talking about how Miami has taken control we're going to go to Steph Curry and LeBron now, if that's okay. I know you're mad at the media for doing that. I mean, I last night's game was rigged, so, you okay. know. It was. For, for, <laughs> thank you, Shroppy. What did he say? Thank, thank you, Shroppy. He just dropped the bruh sound by <laughs> Bruh. That's right. What did you make of Lakers taking care of game one against Golden State? How big was that for LeBron? Uh, I think this is what we expected. And it seems like LeBron always beats the Warriors in game one. It seems like he always has a chance to come in there and get them. Well, maybe not always beat them, but he always comes in there and gives them them a hard time or beats them and so last night you know I wasn't completely surprised at the outcome I think this is going to be a knockdown drag out series in my opinion I think this could be the championship series I'll even go uh, that far I think that the Lakers or the Warriors one of these two teams I think will represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals because you know if LeBron can get to the Western Conference Finals I don't see him losing same thing with Steph Curry but as far as last night uh, what they were able to do AD had a vintage performance 30 and 23 but the thing is if you're a Lakers fan can you count on that game in and game out and so I'm not sure that you can D'Angelo Russell came through and played big for them last night Jordan pulled down a stretch what was he doing I was going to ask you about the shot that layup that got blocked and then the shot (laughs) nobody should be taking shots down the stretch except for the Splash Brothers I don't want to see the ball in anybody's hands outside of the big three excuse me because I I trust Draymond Green late game with the basketball as well. Jordan Poole, sit your behind down and stop trying to be the man because you got the bag. You are not Curry. You are. This is almost foul line worthy. You are not Curry. You are not Thompson. You are not Draymond. Give the rock up late, buddy. You ain't earned it yet. When Steph retires, then you can take those type of the shots. The thing is, he was 6 of 10 from Good deep Lord. when he took that shot, but then he absolutely, yeah, it did not go well, and the Lakers got the rebound. And they were able to even play at nine of 25. I want him shooting for sure. For sure. Uh, (laughs) Last thing before we move on, did want to give love to Anthony Davis, who was the storyline from last night. He played the best 11 of 19 from the field, hit all eight of his free throw attempts, four blocks, 30 points, and 23 rebounds. 23 rebounds for AD. That's the thing that I pay most attention to because somebody has to rebound on pace with Kevon Looney. He's been a madman on the boards. I mean, unlike I've seen recently. Well, hell, when all you got to do is get rebounds. But but and shout, he had 10 points. But shout to him for doing it, right? And he was doing that against Sacramento was a huge factor in why Golden State was able to move on against Sacramento. And now, Anthony Davis, you've got somebody to match that level of play down low. And it's not like Golden State, they were 21 of 53 from the three-point line. The Lakers only hit six three-point field goals, and they still found a way to win this game because of what Anthony Davis was able to do. So we'll see if the Lakers are able to extend that series lead to nothing the next time they hit the court. We've got one more hour to go out here at Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo Championship. I want to continue to talk about the NBA because something broke earlier this week we haven't gotten to yet. Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, defended the Miles Bridges suspension decision. He said the league and clutch sports actually agreed to sit out this past season. What do you have to say about Adam Silver's defense. It's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.